belong, become, believe. You're listening to Grace Church of Northwest Arkansas podcast. The message for October 8th, 2023 is called Known Essentials. The speaker is John Ray and the location is Essential United Methodist Chapel in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Welcome again. If you're listening on the podcast or watching on the live stream, my name is John Ray. This is Grace Church of Northwest Arkansas. And I have to tell you, I have been all over the place working on this teaching for this afternoon. There are certain Sundays where I've got it all planned out. I know what I'm going to say. I know when I'm going to say it well beforehand. And I come up here and I do that. I've probably written three different teachings this week as I have continued to pursue this idea as we wrap up our essential study on, or our known study on what is essential. What is the essential thing? Now, if you've ever taken a look at a modern church website, you've probably seen that they place a high priority on their doctrinal statement. What they will call their essentials of what they believe. And we have one of those ourselves. It's really short, and I'll describe later why that is. But some of these pages, if you go through there, they'll just be pages and pages and pages of very strict, um, very precise language, trying to distill down the essence or the essentials of what it means to, be, to them to be a Christian. And listen, that, and that's called orthodoxy, a right thinking. They're... That, that's kind of the catchphrase for the church today is, is what is orthodox with that. And of course, if you put any two of them together, much less a dozen or two dozen or more than that, you're going to find that there are discrepancies. That not all of them believe the same things are essential, are orthodox. Thus we have the sects and the divisions and the different denominations and all those things, right? All those divisions. And so as I was thinking through this, and I was thinking through, well, what would I say are the essentials, or what would we say are the essentials? How would I say it? But it's group effort to be part of grace. And while orthodoxy is important, plays a role, <clears throat> I really thought the essential thing for us is not so much what we believe, but how we believe. The essential thing that makes Grace Church is not necessarily what we believe, because I believe at the core we do share a basic framework of belief about Christianity that is, that is widely shared and accepted. Not just in our society, not just in American culture, not just Western culture, but throughout the ages of Christianity. This is often reflected in the Apostles or the Nicene Creed or one of the creeds. I mean, it, it's easy, I think, in a way, to look at some essential beliefs doctrinally. But that's not, that's not what's essential to us as a church. When I look at those of you who are here this afternoon, when I think of the people that have walked through the door, when I think of the people who have clapped with this, it, it really isn't, even though you may think it, you may say it, it's not so much about what is believed, but it's it's about the approach to that. 
So what is that essential attitude? If we're going to talk about what is essential grace church, what is that essential attitude? And this is where I think I could then go and write pages and pages and pages on a website with it. But it starts with this. We're going to look at just a few things that go with this. I think it starts with humility. I think it starts with a humility that cultivates awareness, gratitude, wonder, questions, contentment, love for in and through Jesus. There, the essential part, being part of Grace Church, we have to do it humbly. We have no reason to be proud. We have no reason to be arrogant. We have no reason to do that. But we still can be. We still can adopt an attitude, a posture of pride, of arrogance, of, oh, look at us, look what we've done. Look how we've evolved. Look at what we believe. And we'll dress it up with humble trimmings, but at its heart, it can be very, very proud. So then the question becomes, well, then how do we practice that? How do you practice humility? Because that's the great... Um, Catch-22 question, right? Hey, Mark, are you humble today? <laughs> and, and absolutely. And as soon as you say, of course I am, I'm humble, then are you really humble with that, right? There, there's, no, there, there's no direct way with this. Like other things, you know, are you loving? Yeah, I'm being loving. Yeah, are you being kind? Yes. But are you humble? As soon as you say it, it almost works against it. So I think there are three things that I want to look at this afternoon that are signs of the essential attitude of humility. They are intention, attention, and since I made up a word last week, I'm going to make up another word this week. So do you remember the made up word? Seasonzing. Seasonzing. Right? Well, this one is attunement. I, 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 I think it's made up because Spellcheck kept trying to correct it as I was typing it in. But intention, attention, and entombment. When I talk about intention, when we talk about intention, we talk about the intentional to set Jesus as the center. I mean, that's what we're about here. In this church, Jesus is essential. But also with that, church is essential. Like, when you center a community around Jesus, it becomes the church. This is why, all, even though all these things are great, the bike club that I ride with, the community center, the yoga class, the pickleball club, the D&D campaign, all those things are great. They're great expressions of community. But when you center it in Jesus, it is something different. And church is an essential part of a humble attitude. You cannot do it alone. Humility, like love, cannot be expressed, given or received, understood and practiced by yourself. It has to be done in community. And the place that we practice this the most, that is essential to that practice, is the church. The church is a practicing, confessing community. We have shared leadership. Communion every week, life outside that we're living together, sacrificial giving and receiving, all of those build and cultivate that humble attitude. 
Jennifer said this as we were preparing this week. She said, I like the idea of talking about the things in our church that are constant, but also noting the things that are constantly changing. We are changing all the time. And so our intention of being part of that church, part of that church that is changing, I believe cultivates humility. So in addition to intention, I think we have attention with that. There was a great... um, Somebody's not happy. Um, There was a great article that was sent around, I think Laura sent it, where it contrasted the fixed mindset versus the learning mindset. Y'all at Grace Church, I believe humility is envisioned and invested in a learning mindset. I don't have to do that. I know, you know, I've, I've quoted this before, but I love my professor in seminary who who got up one day and he said, look, he said, 80% of what I'm going to teach you in this class is, is absolutely true. 20% is going to be heresy. The problem is I don't know which is which. And I, I took that to heart. And I kind of think if I'm, if I'm working 60-40, I'm probably doing well with that. That's why all, all the time I'll say, look, don't believe me just because I've got this microphone strapped in. This is for us to discern together. And that's why we have changed and why we will continue to change with that learning mindset. I was reminded as I was thinking of this of the four stages of faith development that Brian McLaren has talked about, although it's not original to Brian. Um, he's, he's said it very well. He's written about it. Where you start with this mindset of simplicity. Hey, everything's black and white. It's really good. That's not bad, y'all. That's not bad. We need that, especially as kids, especially when we're young. We need to know, hey, where are the boundaries? What, what side do I stay on? Who are the good guys with that? But then as you grow, if you have a learning mindset, if you're practicing humility, if you're cultivating these things, there's going to be some complexity that comes in. It's, the world is going to start to, those boundaries are going to start to blur. They're going to start to not work. You're going to start to see exceptions that the world is going to become super complex. And if you're paying attention to that, again, all this is cultivated by paying attention. If you pay attention to that, that, that complexity is going to turn into perplexity. Because you're going to start to see that, that bad guys get away with good stuff. No good deed goes fully unpunished. Like, it, it, it's just complex. And you may not know where to stand. You may want to just throw your hands up and say, I give up. I don't care anymore. It's too complex. Most people will stop somewhere in those first three stages. An adult who lives fully stuck in simplicity the first stage throughout their life becomes a very dangerous person to themselves and to others. You can get stuck stuck in the second phase with complexity and just become enamored with trying to untangle things and, and, and just spend all your energy trying to figure it all out. And again, you're stuck. You're not meant to stay there. You can get into the complexity phase, and this is where you, know, you, can, you can kind of trade in your, your fixed mindset or your complex mindset for kind of a mysticism. You can kind of just say, well, we're just going to accept everything and all the things and 
not really fight anymore with that. But finally, what we're trying to go for at the end is harmony and humility. Because humility is not just the essential thing that the church runs on, it's also our goal. And I'm not there yet. I haven't got it figured out. There are things in my life I have yet to harmonize. There are things that I think about where I'm still in one of those first three stages. But that that aspiration, that attention that leads towards that harmony, towards that humility, is essential to this church. It is essential to this community. Well, the last thing, there's intention, attention, and then, like I said, attunement. I, uh, more and more, when I think about following Jesus, I think about it in, in the terms of tuning my heart to His. Tuning my heart to God's heart. It's much more than just head knowledge. It's much more than just the orthodoxy. It's, it's an orthopathos or loving the right way. It's, it's, I want my heart to be tuned to that of God. And again, I can't do that alone. But there is a tool out there that helps us do it. Now, you may think this next thing that I'm going to say is the tool is kind of crazy. But just bear with me. For a certain season of my life, everything revolved for me around one specific and that book was Texas Parks and Wildlife Hunting and Fishing Guide for the year. I mean, I planned everything. As soon as that came out, when is the first day of dove season, Central Zone? When is the first day of bow season? When is the first day of modern gun season? What, what is the duck bag limit? What is the deer bag limit? How many doves can I take? How many quail can I take? I mean, I memorized that book. This is before the internet. This is before cell phones. You had to know this. You had to read this stuff and know it. But I mean, that book, that calendar, was what I lived my life by. I skipped weddings. I skipped vacations. I skipped stuff. Because that was my priority with that. It reflected what I had attuned my life to. That became the expression and the practice of my priorities with that. Well, we all live by calendars, and we've talked about this before. You cannot not live by a calendar. Even if you don't have a calendar, you're still living by a calendar. Whether that's school, whether that's work, whether that's sports. I mean, how many live by the sports calendar. <laughs> I'm not, yeah, I am looking at you, Roland, with that. <laughs> um, we live by cultural calendars, right? We live by these calendars, and what it does is it, it is a way of understanding what are we tuned to? What are we aligned with? Some of those we have no choice of. Winter, spring, summer, fall, we can't change the season. We live by them, but we can't change them with that. A lot we do, though. We do have control. And I want to propose to you, and we talked about this last year, and we're going to talk more about it in the future as we go, is that tuning ourselves to a, 
And I y'all have to help me think of a, the right word. Liturgical calendar is the is the traditional word. Church calendar is is a word for it. But it's more than that. It's it's this way of forming our imagination and our time around the experience of following Jesus. If we and I've been looking at this, trying to understand how do I how do I focus my imagination around this idea of the life of Jesus and the life of the church with that? Because I need the anticipation of Advent. I need that practice of looking forward to what is God is bringing with that. I need the season of repentance and sorrow that is late. I need that time to inventory and to, and to understand where I've fallen short. Fallen short for myself, for my friends, for the church, for others. Where maybe I haven't, but my community has, but I'm part of with that. I need that season with that. But I also need the season of Pentecost. I need that season of the infilling of the Spirit so that I can take action, so that I can be in the world with boldness and proclaim truth and seek justice and seek mercy. Practice righteousness. I need that. And then I need the seasons of epiphany. I need the seasons of enlightenment. I need, I need those seasons where I know more than I did before. And all these things, we can, we can create a calendar. The church has practiced this for millennia. But are we going to do that? Because I believe it is essential part of our practice of humility doing this. How we organize and plan our lives reflects what is essential to us. Your calendar tells you, tells you, tells others what is essential to you. A calendar is a way of practicing intentional attentiveness while attuning us to the life of Jesus individually and collectively. And this is the other thing is the calendar gives us all this stuff. Y'all, we all have stuff driving us six different ways at any given time. There are always opportunities that are presented to us as the individual that don't involve the group. And it's not like we do everything together, but there should be, I believe, it's essential to us to have certain things that we do do together on a regular basis that we don't forsake. That we don't and we try to do, again, as we talk about the church calendar, because the church year starts with Advent. It doesn't start January 1st, actually it starts with Advent, so it's coming up soon. When we do that, we'll introduce the calendar for the next year. And it'll have all the traditional stuff on it, the Christmas and, the, and Easter and all those things, but it'll also have things like the retreat on Mount Nebo that's coming up. It's something that we do together as a church, that we practice with that. It's a consistent and constant attuning that keeps Jesus as the center of our conversation, our community, our actions, our attitudes. It gives us a consistent, practical, and communal point of orientation. And it takes humility to find And it cultivates humility in which is essential to our church. Um, this past year, I got on a, on a big kick reading about time and still being it, how times work. And there's a book by 
uh, James K.A. Smith, where he talks about, the title of the book is How to Inhabit Time. And he says this, A lot of contemporary Christianity suffers from spiritual dyschronometria. How's that for a $2 word? Dyschronometria, or an inability to keep time. A lack of awareness of what time it is. He said, he goes on to say that Christians not only need to know where they are, but we need to know when we are. We need to know when we are. Not just what we are, or where we are, but when we are. And like I said, Advent, Lent, Pentecost, they do these things. They tell us when we are together so that we can walk out together. Look, there are always forces wanting to bring order into chaos of creation. Jane and I were just recently re-listening to uh, the Space Trilogy by C.S. Lewis. We still are listening to it. Yeah. Um, and I won't go into the whole background of it, but it's fascinating to look at what would happen if the creation narrative, the redemption narrative, played out in, a, in another planet, in a totally different place. And, uh, and it's interesting because it talks about the creation on this and, and the competing forces to bring order to it. There are competing forces in our lives trying to bring order to our lives. Most of them are selling it. Hey, if you do this, I'll give you this. If you do this, it's an exchange, it's a transaction. The more we attune ourselves to the more we attune ourselves to the life, the story of Jesus, the participation in the church, the more that order leads to flourish. I can't promise you, other than that this is what I'm finding in Christ in this house. And I think it also cultivates humility. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up. And I want us to consider this essential element of our church as we wrap up our known series today. This essential element of humility and how that is expressed and practiced and developed in attention, intention, attention, and attunement with us. We're going to share communion here together in a minute. Um, in some ways there can be no more humbling thing to receive something given at such great sacrifice that we can never pay back. But also that nothing is expected to be paid back. It's such a free gift for us. So as we worship, as we sing, come and receive this with humility. And then let's walk it out this week together. Thank you for listening to Grace Church of Northwest Arkansas podcast. If you would like to give, you can go to gracechurchnwa.org forward slash give. You can find more about us online at gracechurchnwa.org. Grace and peace.